Beatles in the city Be back immediately to confiscate the money Fresh ground What's up everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the XFL, DFS, and Alt Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Mark Hogan, and excited to get going. Cut down our jams a little bit here. All right. Well, what an incredible weekend this past weekend. We had uh, two games that, you know, really were unbelievable. That Saturday night game, quite frankly, in my opinion, was the highlight of the weekend. The first game on the slate, Josh Gordon going completely bonkers. We had a lot of exposure to him. Um, You know, I actually posted my exposures and the Fantasy Guru uh, Discord and um, going into going into Saturday evening, um, well, actually Saturday morning, I was uh, actually at a hundred percent exposure to Josh Gordon. As we know, it's it's really not you know, uh, especially if you're playing several lineups, not conducive to go ahead and go all, completely all in on a player. It's good to run some hedges, um, fade it just a little bit, just so you, you can cover yourself slightly. So I did come off him a little bit, but it was roughly around 75-80%. Uh, Josh Gordon and all of my builds. On the flip side, we also went really heavy on Kyle Slaughter. And uh, he he'd pretty much destroyed our lineups. So, um, you know, had, had certainly some exposure to some of the other quarterbacks. I uh, was able to make up a lot of my losses off of the final game of the slate on a uh, showdown lineup. It was kind of a... a Threw up a prayer, a Hail Mary, to try and uh, recruit the day, and um, it actually ended up hitting really big. So that was that was nice overall. Um, quite a, quite a roller coaster of a weekend. There is a lot that we confirmed and a lot that we learned. So really want to dive into you know what we we saw this past weekend. We'll look at some lines, or some open lines here going into uh, this upcoming week four. And then lastly, we'll, we'll maybe build a lineup here as well. Forget what our lineup looked like uh, at, in our first look podcast last week, but um, I think it was really good, quite honestly. I, I want to say I had Hundley in at quarterback and played some Bidette. I think we played some Josh Gordon in it, so um, probably should have played that lineup. I came off of it once I found out that Hundley wasn't starting, and then sure enough, right after lock, like literally a minute after lock, uh, Hunley ended up becoming announced the starter. So that was pretty frustrating. That's going to happen in the XFL. It's just, you know, this level of football and the volatility with all of the starting positions, especially in the quarterback spot, it's really to be expected. So we'll see more of that. We've got some interesting news here as well. I'll actually lead off with that. Uh, I am a, again, I worked for the Tampa Bay Vipers in 2020. And so. Quentin Flowers was a big-time quarterback for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Wouldn't necessarily say big-time, but he was certainly a playmaker. Um, He had some off-the-field kind of issues with the team. Um, You know, I'm not really sure how it's going to play out here for the Guardians. They signed him uh, tonight. But it also means they're giving him a full week to acclimate to the team. I don't think he'll be ready to to play. Uh, Maybe they'll have a package or two for him going into this weekend. It's probably a good thing since uh, you know he's not on the slate. I don't. I highly doubt DraftKings. They're just not paying atten- enough attention to go ahead and add him uh, to the slate. So, um, yeah, I'm really hoping he's used kind of sparingly and he gets like a late uh, starting announcement going into the week five slate. If he does get the start in the week five slate, I am definitely going to be throwing some money at him for sure. So he is a running quarterback. He, he can throw the ball down the field. Um, he's a good enough playmaker. I mean, we'll see. We haven't really seen him play football. I mean, we saw him in the fan-controlled football league back in 2021. Um, but really haven't seen him in a full football game since 20, the 2020 XFL version. So um, 
that's pretty much probably the most exciting news of tonight. But you know, let's dive in and do a little bit of a recap for um, this this past week's games here. So, I'm gonna go ahead and pull up. Uh, I'll actually pull up our stat sheet here. If my computer will work. And XFL, perfect. All right, so again, week three, we saw the Sea Dragons beat the Vipers 30 to 26. We saw the Defenders beat the Battlehawks 34 to 28. The Renegades beat the Guardians 10 to 9, and the Roughnecks win 22 to 13 to close out the slate. Um, I'll, I'll dive into the Sea Dragons and Vipers. I think it's just going to be back and forth. That offense, you know, they're going to look to aim, really aim to throw the ball 50 times a game. We saw them run the ball very well against the Vipers here as well. The Vipers on the flip side, Jeff Bidette showed back up. So I think, you know, obviously week two was an issue because of, of how that weather looked and how the field was. Um, but I do think that Jeff Bidette is here to stay. Definitely disappointing with Martavis Bryant, though. He did, you know, he is kind of a big target for them, a nice red zone target. So might get some of those one or two or three point conversions. Um, certainly going to be a guy that can move the chains for him. But that downfield big playability that we saw in Pittsburgh, I'm not really seeing it this year. So definitely concerned about Martavis Bryant. Geronimo Allison looked horrible, though. So, I mean,. Bryant definitely was a step above Allison. Allison looked lost out there. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure he's a great person off the field, so I don't want to say anything too bad. But, um, you know, he, he's going to need some strong performances here moving forward. Uh, if we look at that Battlehawks defenders game, like, man, that was not expected to go over. I think the line was roughly a 37.5 point line. And... You know, I think a lot of people were hammering that that under. We were looking at the defenders who were missing several offensive linemen in that game. We were looking at the the Battlehawks who, you know, their offense has kind of been up and down. But um, end of the day, we saw the Battlehawks show up offensively, and we just saw the defenders show up even more, especially through the air. Um, they ran the ball effectively. It was really, and and, you know, they play good defense too. So I think they got a a defensive touchdown at one point. Um, Really, it was a a great all-around performance for the defenders. I think that home field advantage, uh, that was definitely a real thing uh, for that game. So those fans are going crazy. They were going wild. They let them do the beer snakes. They were throwing lemons on the field. Um, And these teams got into it at the end of the game. It was a a pretty emotional game. Uh, Battlehawks, you know, one takeaway I would pull out of that was Hakeem Butler. Uh, he really, I think, demonstrated that he is the go-to wide receiver in that offense. Austin Prohl is still going to be there, but I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed by, you know, some of his performances. It's really to be expected to a certain degree. He's that underneath security blanket type guy, but, you know, McCarrens is looking downfield and that's uh, typically uh, Austin Prohl. He is not the first look in a Mc- AJ McCarron's progression. So, um, you know, I expect some more of those performances. But I will point out he is going to have some of those one-off games where uh, he will catch a few touchdowns, he'll make a few big plays, and he'll pay off at his price point too. I think Austin Prohl is a really good play for showdown lineups. I don't know if I would want to have majority of exposure to him in any kind of, you know, full slates, just kind of given that up and down aspect of it. He's kind of got a a low ceiling and a a relatively high floor. The Guardians and the Renegades. This was very surprising on the Renegades part from my end. I really thought Kyle Slaughter was going to come out and sling it, and they just did not let him do so. It was um, pretty disappointing. You know they just were were just so committed to the to the ground game. Um, it was uh, it was pretty disappointing. And man, I'm looking at uh, these stats are still not up. This is frustrating. 
try to pull up these stats from from last this weekend, and um, they don't have it up yet. So that's cool. Hmm. Whatever. Um, but we'll we'll go ahead and look at the the Brahmas here in the Roughnecks and. Um, the one surprising part of this game to me was I was a big fan of Darius Robertson. Um, if anyone uh, was you know listening or um, talking with me on the Discord all all week in the Fantasy Guru Discord, um, you know there there was an issue, uh, or I, I was I was a pretty big proponent of playing Darius Robertson. He was a min salary player, and he really looked like after looking at the tape, uh, kind of watching everything and leading up to that to the week. He looked like from the previous game, he was filling the role of Landon Akers, who had got hurt and really injured for the season. Unfortunately, it looks like they almost dissolved that role. Um, they leaned on him a little bit less there, and they ended up uh, including Elise Mack a little bit more. And really, just they didn't, they weren't functioning very well at all. Uh, they ended up losing the game. The Roughnecks are a good team, so I think that was part of it. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, I think the ownership on Robertson was pretty high, too. I honestly would not be surprised if um, he ended up having a bounce-back performance himself. He certainly was on the field. And if we kind of looked at snap counts and everything else, I would imagine, um, you know, he had a a pretty heavy uh, snap share. So um, he was out there. He just really didn't see the ball too much. Maybe we'll end up seeing that again. So, you know, it is recency bias. You're going to have a lot of people come off of him. I really wouldn't mind going back to the well and doubling down on that play going into this weekend here. So we did a little bit of a recap. Let's let's really talk through these lines. So um, we got a couple rematches on the slate here. We have the Roughnecks and the Guardians. The Guardians are home dogs. They are 8.5-point underdogs at home in a 37.5-point total. Uh, they are a plus 310 money line. So um, Roughnecks are a minus 380. So obviously Houston is a heavy, heavy favorite. Uh, rightfully so. The Guardians have not looked good. Um, I do think that the Guardians' pass defense um, relatively held their own in that game. I mean, I mean, look, their defense in, in general played pretty well. They only lost 10-9. to nine. Um, But... I think certainly the book is out in the sense that uh, the way to attack the Guardians is through the ground. So um, give me some of that Max Borgie. Uh, he's going to be a high-priced player, probably pretty chalky too, but rightfully so. Hopefully you know that injury wasn't really anything too bad. He got banged up, but he came back in the game and played the rest of it. Um, you do have Aline, uh, who did get involved in that offense here too. Uh, he did get four catches out of the backfield for 40 yards. Uh, but again, a lot of his DFS production did come from those four catches and 40 yards. And I do think that is a volatile stat line. I don't think we see that on a week to week basis. So I don't think we can fully rely on that. And there might be, uh, some people out there that try and get cute and play him. I like Borgie. I think also a contrarian lineup could be just playing both of them. Uh, Aline is cheap enough where he can be a salary saver where, you know, if he does vulture Borgie or, you know, take some points away from him, uh, at the end of the day, um, you're just kind of owning that backfield. So I don't think that's actually a terrible play here as well to get a little bit different and find a salary saver to pay up for some other guys on the slate. Uh, we'll also look at the, uh, guardians here again. I don't think Quentin flowers will be ready for this game. So if it is Paxton Lynch again, I mean, look, here, here's the thing. Paxton Lynch has not been pulled. He is still the starting quarterback. They just went out and signed Quentin Flowers. What does that say about DeAndre Francois? It says that they do not believe in him at all. Clearly, he's not looking good um, because you got to be pretty desperate to continue to roll out Paxton Lynch after some of these performances, and you've got to be really desperate to then – you know, reach out to Quentin Flowers, who was probably just hanging out in the Tampa area and asking him to come off his couch and, and try and, you know, gear up for them. So, um, you know, this is probably the last week that we see Paxton Lynch. And if so, 
Um, probably the last week we can consider playing uh, Latimer, Cody Latimer, who is his kind of, really kind of go-to target here. So I think Cody Latimer is is really in play. I think his price point on this slate is looks pretty solid as well. Um, probably going to be looking in that direction, um, but we have to keep in, keep up and monitor this situation and make sure that somehow Quentin Flowers doesn't get the starting gig by the end of the week. So that'll be really interesting to watch and see. We've also got the Brahmas and the Sea Dragons. This is a really interesting game. We got the Sea Dragons as minus four and a half point favorites. This is 10 o'clock at night on Saturday night. It starts at 10 o'clock because it's on the West Coast. And this is a 40 and a half point over under. So this is probably one of the highest over unders we've seen. This is a, a very high over under that um, line that opened up at this number. I don't think I've seen any lines open up here. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw this even go up to like 41 and a half. So that's exciting. Um, it's nice to see these lines start to go up a little bit um, as Vegas starts to see these offense, you know, put up points. And the Sea Dragons, obviously, they're going to be throwing the ball. You know, this June Jones offense, they're going to be, um, you know, moving the ball around. Uh, we saw folks, obviously, we saw Josh Gordon. Um, we also saw Jacor Pearson. I mean, he, he really both of these guys are guys that, you know, might get shots at the NFL again. Obviously, for Josh Gordon, he's been there before. I don't know. We'll see if any team that is interested in taking a shot but imagine Pearson is going to get a look here in camp for someone after the XFL season. Um, he's really a shifty, kind of nice gadget player. Um, probably a good return guy for some some NFL teams here as well. Uh, so, you know, watch out for Pearson on the NFL level. And uh, Blake Jackson, he looked good too. So, you know, these receivers are, are clicking for this offense. Morgan Ellison, he went over 100 yards, then he lost yards and got hurt and went under 100 yards at the end of the game. Uh, and, you know, really not at the end of the game, but I think it was either midway through the third quarter or the beginning of the fourth, sometime around then. And he never came back in. Um, he was walking. He walked off the field. He was jogging up and down the sideline. It looked like he was having issues with the change of direction. Um, that's certainly not a good sign, but we don't have any word yet on how bad he actually is so I'm sure they're waiting on MRIs looking to see you know figure out what really is wrong he might be finding out tonight and I would imagine we'll see him uh, in some capacity on the injury report um, I will say that play that he did go down it did not look good um, I'm really I'm really fingers crossed hoping that he is okay and maybe it was um, he just slipped and hurt his ankle or something, and it's like an injury that he can work through because I think everyone uh, that was watching that game wants to see him back on the field and playing again because he looked he looked legit. I mean, he was breaking tackles. He was spinning off of guys, uh, running downhill. He's a hard runner, fits that offense. So um, lo- would love to see Morgan Ellison again as Brandon Knox was out for that game. If Brandon Knox comes back and Morgan Ellison is hurt, Obviously, we have to we have to give a look to Knox here. I'm sure, he's got a pretty uh, nice price point as well. So the Sea Dragons offense looks pretty darn good. Ben DiNucci is priced really high, but rightfully so, given you know how he- pass heavy that offense is going to be. And the Brahmas, I think a lot of people are going to come off of them. So I think a lot of people, you know, they saw Jack Cohn's performance from the week before. They saw this run game and how good the run game had been. Uh, the last couple weeks, and uh, they really kind of, um, they didn't show up at the end of the day. They did not look good um, in that game uh, yesterday. So um, I think what's going to happen is you're going to have pe- have people completely come off cone. I think people in the DFL, DFS landscape, I think that, um, you know, the masses, people that even watch the games, they have already completely forgot about Jalen Tolliver. Elise Mack was was still involved in that offense. He didn't do a whole lot because the whole team didn't do a whole lot. And he did make some really dumb penalties. So I got to imagine the coaches were pretty upset with him. I've got to imagine the coaches are looking at a game plan to get Jalen Tolliver back involved. He was hurt. He clearly he he there must have not been something right. So we do have to monitor the injury report. 
He cropped up late in the week on the injury report leading up into this weekend. So I've got to imagine there was some sort of issue there. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to monitor that situation and keep an eye out for what Jalen Tolliver's status is going to look like moving forward. He is a very low price point now. His price depressed uh, very severely. Uh, so he is certainly a, a guy that we are looking at and, and have him play. Elise Mack is a min salary player, and Jack Gone is priced down as well. So that could be a really interesting stack and maybe um, what I go with for my first look uh, lineup here going into this weekend. In a over-under, uh, one of the higher over-unders of the slate of 40.5 points, and they're going to be looking to keep up with Seattle. We also have to monitor the Seattle defense. We saw some Seattle uh, cornerbacks get hurt. Oh, need to keep up with those injuries. Keep an eye on those. We also saw their linebacker. Um, uh, their middle linebacker, he he was hurt. He was out for the game. And they did seem a little bit more susceptible to run. I mean, the Vegas, you know, the, the, the Vipers, um, they don't have an impressive uh, run game. So, you know, uh I don't think it made that much of a difference, but I think it could make a difference in this type of game. So that's an interesting game to target here, an interesting team, and especially that scenario here. The Renegades and the Battlehawks, that is a 36.5 point over under. Uh, the Battlehawks are a minus four favorite at home. Let me tell you, um, this is going to be the, the highest attended XFL game uh, so far this season. Uh, one of the highest, um, or the highest crowd for an XFL game ever. Um, we're looking at probably 32,000 people, maybe even 35,000 after walk-ups. So they, they're they very close to opening up or up the upper level for seating. This is going to be an incredible, incredible atmosphere. So I'm not sure how the Renegades are going to handle that. I don't think Kyle Slaughter's seen anything like that. I mean, quite frankly, I don't think he's ever seen anything like that. Um, so it's he didn't look. I mean, here here's the issue with the Renegades. I personally didn't think he looked bad once they started opening it up. They did not let him pass the ball though. So clearly, they don't fully trust him yet. Um, I'm not sure what is going on with him in that staff because he was really the expected starter going into the season and they gave Drew Plitt the job. That obviously didn't work out. So there's just some red flags with this team right now. I don't know if I want to touch it uh, against the Battlehawks here. Um, so I'm going to hold off probably for this week. But uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not completely signing off on slaughter here in the long term. So, you know, we'll go ahead and keep an eye on him. I'm kind of hoping he has a, a, a very low below average game or maybe mediocre, but shows some bright spots shows me that he's building um, so that we can play him low owned on a future week. I do like Sal Canella though. I think Slaughter can play well, and I think are uh, well enough for uh, Sal Canella to pay off big time. And I think his price point went up a little bit, but he's still worth what his price point is, I think, at this point. So, um, you know, I'm really interested in still firing up Sal Canella. And the Vipers and the Defenders, we are looking at the Defenders as minus, minus six favorites at home. So you know that's going to be a hostile crowd. We've seen that already a few times. 40 and a half point over under. Uh, the money lines are a little bit closer. The defenders are minus 250. So uh, a little bit closer than that Roughnecks Guardians game. Uh, so my rule is, you know, I'm interested in maybe taking a home, a home dog spread if I'm going to do it. I'm probably not going to do it with the Roughnecks and Guardians. I mean... I'm not in a state where I can gamble, so I'm pretty much only playing DFS anyways. But if I had to pick, still take that eight and a half point spread. It might even go up, so it might be worth waiting on and taking a nine and a half point spread. Um, I think that Defenders Vipers game is probably going to tighten up. So you know, Vipers plus six is a really interesting grab as well. Um, 
I think that game is going to go under. I don't. Vipers' offense is kind of dysfunctional. And I think last week was a little bit of an anomaly with the number of points that we saw at a DC. We saw some defensive points in that game. It was very high pace. There was a lot of penalties that put those teams in good positions. So, yeah, I'm probably taking the under on the Vipers and Defenders and Vipers plus six. I'm looking at the Renegades and the Battlehawks. I'll take the Battlehawks minus four, and I'll take the over on that game. Looking at the Brahmas and the Sea Dragons, I'm going to take the over on that game. Um, man, that spread, that is a that is a good-looking spread. Um, I will take the Sea Dragons minus four and a half. And um, I just, my rule is I have to, so I'll take the Guardians plus eight and a half right now. I don't feel good about that. Um, but I am going to take the over because I could see it being a lopsided game and, uh, and them going over just because the Roughnecks are always in scoring position. So there's our first look at the totals, the spreads, and just general thoughts on the previous slate. Uh, we're going to transition over now, and we're going to go ahead and, and build a lineup here. Talk through some plays, talk through some price points, get a better feel for who we like here. So I'm going to pull up my lineup, or several lineups. Oops. Of course, DraftKings does not recognize my account now, apparently. All right, here we go. They still don't have an XFL tab. Come on. Got a USFL tab. We have a CFL tab. Why do we not have an XFL tab? It's lazy. All right. Uh, Cool, cool. We also have a showdown already that's opened up for Saturday. So we've got... We've only got the 10 o'clock game showdown open up here. Oh, no, we do have the other one. We have the Roughnecks and the Guardians. Okay, cool. Uh, But the 10 o'clock one is the featured. Go ahead and look at the full slate, though. And uh, I'll enter this lineup into the main tournament. The main tournament is smaller. There was a lot of tournaments that didn't fill up. So we're probably going to see these tournaments get a little bit smaller. Uh, My general strategy for playing DFS is once you've built your bankroll a little bit, I like to play those single entry tournaments, smaller contests, you know, maybe three, 400, 500 people, um, maybe like a 24% uh, pay line there. So I don't really like those contests where it's like only the top 17% win. I'd rather I'd rather just if if I'm not gonna completely hit on my lineup, have a shot at maybe those tournaments that you know I can min cash at twenty four percent at the very least. And on top of that, uh, you know, if we're gonna see some some overlay here in some of these tournaments, you know, you could see those same tournaments that are typically twenty four percent, you know, be like the top thirty percent. And then we're really in the money here. So just keep an eye on the overlay. That could still continue as maybe interest, you know, wanes off. It's it's really expected. You know, as the season goes on, um, you're going to have less and less people watch as we progress here, especially once March Madness gets going, um, once baseball season starts. Really curious what the USFL is going to look like. That should be fun, though. I hope it's just not me and you guys, though, playing against each other because then, you you know, we're all going to be playing the same guys. So let me go ahead and I'll pull up a lineup here, and we're going to go through quarterbacks first. So if I look at the quarterbacks, uh, Ben DiNucci is the top price player. A.J. McCarron is right behind him at 100 bucks less, 10.8, 10.7. Got Hundley at 10 flat. And Brandon Silvers, nice little discount for a guy that throws the ball or – you know, is in an offense that, you know, the whole philosophy is to attempt to throw the ball 50 times a game. I'm taking my that air raid certification right now and um, how how Mummy himself has, has said, you know, that is the whole goal of the offense is to just air it out. doesn't matter depth of target. 
they're going to throw a bunch of short pass plays and then, you know, take some shots downfield. But they want to pass the, the ball all game. Uh, so you have those are really the top guys, in my opinion. I'm not that interested in Hundley against that defense. Still have weird feelings about that Vegas offense in general. Brandon Silvers against Orlando. Um, I, I do like him. So that's that's an interesting play at 9700 bucks. AJ McCarron, don't sleep on him, but it's not as much of a sure thing given the way that offense works. And Ben DiNucci is rightfully priced up. Um, he is certainly going to get the work. So, you know, probably looking at the two air raid guys and, and DiNucci and Silvers. Uh, but that contrarian play of Jack Cohn at 8200 bucks. don't think many people are going to be on him. And no one's going to touch Slaughter here as well. So if you do want to take a dart throw or two, I think those guys could be interesting. You know, I think no one wants to touch Slaughter. But, you know, if, if he has a game, uh, you're going to be all alone there in a good way. So that's that's probably the direction I'm looking. I'm not touching. I don't like Tiamo. I know he had a good fantasy game, but now he's priced up, and I don't like him against that Vegas defense. Derek King is certainly involved too. And Paxton Lynch against the best defense in the league, Houston. So not in on that either. So at quarterback, I'll go Brandon Silvers for the purposes of today. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to go Jack Cohen. Let's do something a little contrarian, a little bit different. Go after that over-under of 40.5 points. And we'll look at our running backs. And we got Borgie at the very top at 9300 bucks. Really didn't price didn't really go up much because, you know, quite frankly, he didn't return what this type of price player uh, should return. Uh, But on a four-game slate in the XFL, I mean, you can definitely get away with that price of a player at, you know, 2x or so. So if Borgie can can get to like 16 or 18 points, that's totally fine. Um, Abram Smith is still, man, he is priced up. Like he is, he's solid, but I mean, he should be a 7K player, not a 8,400 player. So I think he's just too expensive. I will say Raquel Armstead, he fumbled the ball twice in that game. So I could see Abram Smith getting a little bit more of a workload. Um, Vegas defense is a lot more susceptible to the run than the pass. They've got great pass rushers, but they do not defend the run nearly as well. So um, there's opportunity there, uh, but I wouldn't go crazy with it. So I can't rule him out, but he's just a little too high price for my for my taste here, especially for my first look lineup. Uh, Kalen Bellage, the problem with him is that Jaquez Patrick is clearly getting the goal line work. So Bellage is the starter. He might catch a couple passes throughout the game, but he's really not, doesn't profile as a pass catching back. Um, so Kalen Bellage, I'm not into at 8100 bucks. Davion Smith's price is starting to get up there, and he's really he's a one X guy right now. Uh, we're not seeing much of him in the passing game. Uh, he really hasn't looked. He's getting the goal line work, but he's not converting. So there's some issues with Davion Smith. Jermaine Martin, uh, his price point went down. Uh, if you are going to play the Houston defense, the game plan is going to be to run the ball. So that could be a really contrarian play, but. Man, still kind of a tough thing. And, and we did see Taylor, his backup, get a little bit more involved this week. So probably going to stay away from that again this week. Uh, Morgan Ellison, though, it's going to be interesting to see what this injury is. Um, we don't really have a whole lot of information right now, so we have to keep an eye on that situation. He is a great running back. He's only sixty nine hundred bucks. Um, you can you can get away with running the ball in San Antonio. So Morgan Ellison, we have to keep an eye on him. Brian Hill, I think, is going to be the chalk of the week. He's sixty six hundred bucks playing Arlington, who hasn't looked very particularly good. He just came off of an eighteen point performance, and his price didn't go up at all, but. No, something just tells me that 
you know, maybe they end up passing the ball. This is a little bit of a closer game than we expect. Uh, maybe this game is really, um, you know, ends up being a blowout. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But um, I don't know. I've just got this weird feeling that he's not going to. I think a lot of people are going to chase him, especially because his price point didn't change. And he's going to be high owned. And I could see him burning a lot of people. He hasn't been particularly healthy either. So, I don't know. I just got I have some weird feelings about him. I'm not touching Rod Smith. Um, I mean, Keith Ford got dropped, so we don't even have to think about that. Brennan Knox, we have to keep an eye on, because if Morgan Ellison is out and Brennan Knox is in, he's only $5,600. Um, that is certainly going to be worth looking at. We have John Levette. He looked good. Caught a really nice pass down the sideline there uh, for a 50-yard touchdown. So, I mean, he looked he looked like he, he he's a guy that isn't getting a whole lot of work right now. But Rod Smith has not looked good. They might be looking to change things up a little bit. And I feel like coaches looked at that play and, you know, a lot of the plays that he made, that wasn't the only good play he made. He made a lot of – had a lot of opportunities that um, he took advantage of in this previous game. So – I could see I could see Levette maybe taking this job at some point. I don't know if it's this week. Um it's certainly worth a shot. He's only forty nine hundred bucks. I'm not gonna go crazy with my exposure on him, but um you wanna throw maybe a contrarian lineup out there, he's he's definitely worth uh, a look. I'm not going with Armstead. Aline is interesting at thirty four hundred bucks. Like I said, I mean you could pair Borgie and Aline together. And just own that Houston backfield against Orlando. So even if it's a blowout, even if Borgie comes out of the game in the fourth quarter, you could see Aline getting some nice, you know, late points. Um, I don't mind that approach at all. So let's go ahead and I'm going to go Borgie. I'm just going to pay up. I'm not going to mess with a lot of these guys down here for now. If we get some news. We get some. You know, we hear that maybe one of these backs are hurt or outs. Maybe Morgan Ellison and Knox gets hurt, and then they have to use TJ Hammond at $3,300. Um, he would probably be pretty chalky at that point, but certainly worth the price point for being a starting running back on a team. So that's that's also something that could certainly be in play and change how we construct our lineups here. But for now, I'll just go ahead and I'll throw Borgie in there. And then we'll look at our receivers. So if you weren't on Josh Gordon last week, I'm sorry, um, but I'm not going to chase it. So he's ten ten thousand six hundred bucks. You got Pearson at ten thousand three hundred bucks. I think you're going to see a lot of people chase this. Pearson is the guy that you know really is going to get more of the guaranteed work. So um, definitely considering Pearson here, Jeff Bedette. Uh, he looked good. He looked good against DC in week one. Remember, this is a rematch. Uh, so he certainly did play well in that game. He was very low-owned. He was a high price point. Um, we were on him and very low-owned. And so we were able to take advantage of that. It's kind of like a fantasy guru elite mafia champ for us. So I'm almost kind of just feeling like let's run it back with him. But we'll see. We got Burnett and Kirkland. We got Burnett at ninety three hundred bucks. That's the price point he's been at, and Kirkland is finally uh, priced up at, at a price that he should be at at eighty nine hundred. Um, so this is a little bit of a tougher tougher decision here. I could see people chasing Kirkland, uh, especially after this week's performance, and uh, it ends up being Burnett with more points. So I feel like we have to if we're going to go with Cone at quarterback. We have to make sure we have exposure to Houston. So I think that's why we have Borgie. So I'm thinking either a Seattle or a Vegas receiver, and I'm not feeling too great about Vegas. Uh, Hakeem Butler is 8300 bucks. He is definitely priced up accordingly, but also rightfully so. Marcel Aitman's price is starting to go down. Man, would that be some sort of leverage? Marcel Aitman hasn't done anything... And you could come out and see teams giving all the attention to Butler and Aitman finally. You know, he has been getting targets in the red zone. 
I got to look those numbers up and I'll put that in our paywall article. But um, I think Aitman could be a nice little contrarian play here. Not really sure if I want to go that direction, but that's an interesting thought, especially if we're not going to play Brian Hill. So I'm very interested in Aitman, actually, the more and more I kind of think about that. I'm not going with Geronimo Allison. Sal Canella is 7800 bucks, so he his price did go up again a little bit despite not having him any kind of spectacular game just because they really didn't pass the ball. Um, but I think he could do well. 7800 bucks. I think he's going to be probably the lowest owned that he's been all season. And he's still the Travis Kelsey of the XFL. Um, Mark Davis Bryant's price has gone down a little bit here. We got Blake Jackson at 7500 bucks. That could also be an interesting play. Um, but, man, Darius Shepard at 6900 He was involved in that offense. Um, if we go down even further, we've got Jalen Tolliver at 6200 bucks and Cody Latimer at 5600 bucks. Cody Latimer has been one of the most involved XFL receivers, one of the busiest receivers, and he is still way too cheap for, you know, the kind of, you know, involvement he has in that offense. Now, if for some reason Quentin Flowers was announced as the starter, I would be kind of coming off Cody Latimer a lot uh, because I just don't think he's the type of guy that, you know, matches up with Quentin Flowers. I'll talk about maybe a player that um, does have some previous chemistry with Quentin Flowers here in a moment. Um, but if it is indeed Paxton Lynch again, which I do expect at least for this week, I think this is probably the final week that we play Cody Latimer at this low of a price point. So I could totally see Latimer um, playing well again. His price point going up ends up being like a 7500 buck or $8,000 receiver. Uh, Quentin, Flower plays, Quentin Flower plays in week five. Uh, a lot of People go out and roster Latimer, and I'll get disappointed when he puts up a goose egg. So I think this is the week to play Latimer, so I'm just going to go ahead and put him in my, in my lineup. Travell Harris was a little bit more involved, but I don't think I'm going in that direction. I think he missed. If he didn't play any Tyler Vaughns last week, I think he missed out. Um, his price did go up a little bit, but he's still a very great price for the amount of snaps that he's getting. Uh, Chris Blair showed, you know, why he should have his price go up a little bit there, but I don't trust that offense. And Cedric Bird, I think, is another interesting player, a great leverage spot against all those Houston receivers that are priced up. And he's only forty one hundred bucks. He's going to get certainly at a good number of snaps. Um, you could also play Borgie and Cedric Bird. So we have a lot of decisions here. We have Darius Robertson at 3900 bucks. We have a lot of cheap receivers that could potentially come through. Um, Fred Brown, I'm probably not going that direction. Uh, Lee's Mack, he's 3200 bucks. So we've already got Jack Cohn. You know, we could decide between Mack. We could do Tolliver. We could do maybe both. Um. Kind of, yeah. I right now, I think I would if I had to only pick one of them, I would go Mac. Um, super cheap play. So I could be interested in that. The only other thing I would point out is if Quinton Flowers does become the starter, guy by the name of Dan Williams, who's only been with the Guardians for a week, um, he has prior chemistry with Flowers in the twenty twenty XFL version um, with the Tampa Bay Vipers. So him and Dan Williams do have experience working together. I could see those two meshing right away. Um, so, again, if for some reason Flowers is involved, uh, Dan Williams at a $3,000 price point could be a really, really interesting play. Uh, we still have Lance Lenore, so if Paxton Lynch is still there, Lance Lenore could be another interesting dart. Um, again, all these guys down here at this price point, these are all these are all essentially dart throws. And I don't think I'm in, I don't think I'm interested in anyone else down here other than you know some of the folks that I just mentioned. <laughs> Eli Rogers is thirty one hundred bucks. So you know what? Um, we don't have a value play yet in this lineup. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll throw Elise Mack into the lineup and see what this looks like. 
So I've still got close to twenty four thousand bucks in my salary, which means I can essentially spend eight thousand bucks per spot. And my defense, I'm definitely not going to be spending that much. So I'm probably looking at two nine thousand dollar players in my flex spots. And I'm likely going to I'm looking at I think Pearson is definitely a guy I need to get some sort of Seattle exposure. I think Pearson's the way to go with that. No, he's going to be chalky, but I don't care. He's good. Like, he's going to get the volume. And then we've got another flex spot here, but let's look at our defense first. And when we look at defense, we have guarding. I like to look at defense starting with the cheapest and working my way up. We have the Guardians at three thousand bucks. I'm probably not interested in that against Houston. The Brahmas against Seattle. I'm not interested in that over under. The Vipers against DC. I think a lot of people got burned by the Vipers defense last week, but they're only thirty seven hundred bucks. And I personally am not sold on the DC offense still. So that might be a consideration here. The only problem I have with that is they have two quarterbacks that do run the ball pretty well, meaning they're probably not going to get a whole lot of sacks. Uh, the Sea Dragons against San Antonio, probably not interested in that. They had a few injuries. Their defense seems like it's regressed a little bit here. Um, high over under. We got the Battlehawks against the Renegades. That's an interesting play. Battlehawks looked solid last week on the defensive side of the ball. The defenders play the Vipers at 4600 bucks. It just seems too expensive for me. And the Roughnecks at Orlando. I mean, man, how can you not be interested in that? Arlington at St. Louis. Don't know how Arlington is priced up so high. I mean, I guess they've just had a lot of points per game. Um, but they've also been in some fairly considerable matchups. Arlington does have a great defense. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Payne is, is certainly a stud. Um, so they've got some, some good, good defenders. I'm probably just going to go with the roughnecks defense. I've got the salary to pay up for, you know, these guys here. Um, but when I do that, I do look at the remaining portion of my lineup and, uh, ouch, ouch, that does hurt. Cause I only have 8,600 bucks. So what am I going to do? Play Abram Smith. Play Hakeem Butler, maybe? Marcel Aitman? You know, maybe I play down to, like, a Canela and then come off of Mac. Play, like, Canela. And if I come off of... If I do Canela, then I have 4000 bucks to spend, and I could pay up for, like, a Darice Robertson who gets a lot of snaps and everyone burned everyone last week. Uh, so maybe I'll do that because I've already got Jack Cohn. Yeah, I think that works. Look at the rest of my lineup here. Yeah. This is I think there's gonna be some low ownership for sure on this lineup. It's Jack Cohn. Got Jack Cohn. Got Max Borgie. Got Cody Latimer. Got Darice Robertson. Got Jacor Pearson. Sal Canella. And the Roughnecks defense. We got a, a nice quarterback receiver combo. We got Cody Latimer at a very a nice value price point for the amount of production that he's seeing. Max Borgie and what's expected to be, you know, really Borgie on the ground and running it back with Latimer in the air, I think is a certainly an optimal type of setup there. We've got in a over under that I'm expecting to go over Robertson as a receiver and quarterback own on one side of the ball and then Pearson to run it back on the other. Got Canella, who's probably going to be low owned given the increase in price point and just the general consensus right now on Arlington. And the Roughnecks defense against Orlando that goes in into play with Borgie here. So we've got exposure to uh got exposure to uh really just hmm only got exposure to two games here. And both of the Saturday games. No, 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 no. We've got Canelo, too, on Sunday. Uh, but nothing in that Vegas DC game. But we might not need to. So 
doesn't we don't have to get exposure to everyone. Just exposure to the games and spots that we like. So there, there you have it. That is my initial first look lineup. Going to go a little contrarian with Jack Cohn. I'm not going all in on Jack Cohn, um, but uh, I'll have some exposure to him when it's all said and done. And uh, I do like that Cohn-Robertson kind of stack there. Robertson pissed a lot of people off, so I know he's going to be low-owned. That's when we hit it. That's when we attack. When everyone jumps off the guys that we, everyone liked the previous week, that's when these guys come back and bounce back and have good games. So love that lineup. We'll be building some more. We do have to monitor a lot of injury news. Really, guys, really pay attention to injury news on the defensive side of the ball this week. So please, please, please pay attention to the defensive side of the ball for injuries on that front. We saw a lot of cornerbacks go down. I'm going to do a deeper dive into cornerbacks and secondaries here uh, this week to hopefully bring you some some nice analysis on the Fantasy Guru website. I'll be posting the article, the Week 4 DFS Breakdown, that will be coming out Friday afternoon. Uh, so again, if you haven't, if you're not a subscriber, you can go to fantasyguru.com elite mafia. Um, go ahead and subscribe to the franchise mode subscription to get all of our XFL DFS content. We've got all their kinds of packages to get you content for any other sport that you're possibly looking to play any kind of DFS for. Um, all of those subscriptions do give you the discord access. Discord has been on fire. We've got a lot of great players on the discord that are crushing it over there. We're seeing screenshots every single weekend of folks doing well. Uh, So come and join us. Let's go ahead, make some money going into the week four slate. Uh, Once again, my name is Mark Hogan. appreciate you listening. Otherwise, have a great rest of the evening, and let's stay in touch going into the week four XFL slate this week. To explain. I'm a fucking black beetle, cream seats in the regal, rocking John Lennon lenses. Like to see him spread eagle. Took a bitch to the club and let a party on the table, screaming, Everybody's famous. Like clockwork, I blow it all. Then get some more. Get you somebody that can do both. Black beetles got the babes belly rolling. She thinks she loves.